Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Your time is the most valuable and most scarce resource you have. If you don't protect it and use it appropriately, everything else that you want from your life is out of your reach. It is critically important to protect it, but it can be difficult when small problems completely disrupt your day. In this episode, we'll discuss some things you can do to make your schedule, both personal and work, more resilient to disruption. But before we get started, Will, what's been uh, disrupting you this week? Well, I my Russian teacher gives me audio to transcribe as part of my homework. And this weekend, she gave me a, a chunk of work. Well, it was, I guess it was Thursday. That was when I had class. And she gave me a chunk of work to do. I started on it. And I was like, man, this sounds familiar. And I realized I'd already done it. So I sent her a message about it. And then I was sitting there and I'm like, well, I've got this time allocated for Russian studies. So I just went back and did it again and, you know, retranscribed the whole thing. And my handwriting was a lot better this time. It's a lot easier to understand. And then she gave me another chunk of audio. So I turned in four written cursive pages of transcribed audio uh, for my homework uh, last night. Wow. So she was a little bit surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's weird when you're learning stuff on your own because like in school, you would never do that, right? No. Or you would almost never do something like that. But when you're learning something for your own use, it's like, hey, this isn't going to hurt me. Double no. down on it. It's, it's, it was just, it was just kind of interesting going through that and going, wow, you know, this is not the way I would have looked at this 20 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's true. I haven't done my Albanian homework yet. I need to write out my Monday and Tuesday schedules and in Albanian. And I'm like, uh, I remember that exercise and the teacher going, how do you have time for this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get that too. Uh-huh. Monday and Tuesdays are uh, fairly busy days. So speaking of being busy, what's going on with you? <laughs> speaking of being busy, I have a lot going on this weekend. We have our art show Friday, Skillet Concert or Winter Jam. They're headlining it is Saturday. Then uh, on Sunday, I'm driving down to visit my sister and her family in Florida. So that's that's going to be fun. We're recording this the week before President's Day, if you guys are wondering. So uh, I'm going to be down there for the holiday and then spend the week with them working during the day while everybody's at work or school and then have the evenings, except for one when we record, uh, to hang out with them. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've been spending most of my free time preparing for the art show. I was just uh, actually before we hopped on here, I was in my living room working on my the way I'm going to present everything. I have a couple of tables and uh, then a standing easel and then easels for the tables. So, uh, and then I'm going to have my laptop there with uh, displaying photos, sort of a slideshow, which I still need to put together. So I'll be doing that tomorrow night after we record again tomorrow. So that'll be fun. What's interesting is the episode tomorrow is going to come out before the episode we're recording tonight. So there's a little bit of a, time play going on right now. So it's uh 
basically it. Saving money is hard, especially when the time on your hands spends the money in your wallet. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan for the rest of your life, but also to take action so that you can live the best version of that life. It's investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. And best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. And what that means is he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. And you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics you probably face. And he also interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And he has even more material to learn from at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Well, Will, you're starting this episode off rather morbid. Eventually, <laughs> you will die. So will Sorry, everyone else. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you should have gotten that with me in the background coughing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it turns out today. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Starting it off dark. Uh, you know, we only go up from here, I guess. I don't know. While we often pretend like we have forever to get things done, this just isn't the case. We cannot create more time in our lives, nor can we get back the time we've spent poorly. The only control we have is over how we spend the time we have left. And probably not really all of that. While this sounds very grim because Will wrote it, it's also incredibly freeing. (laughs) I got to pick on you, bro. You don't have to say yes to everything. I know I I have to remind myself of that a lot because I want to say yes to everything. I like saying yes. Letters in all caps are for you, bro. I know, I know. Because you can't. Do not ask for whom the caps lock is depressed. It's depressed <laughs> for you. Uh, therefore, you should choose what is important to you and act on that choice. Now, sometimes everything's important. Which means nothing's important. Yeah. We'll get to that here in a minute. Now, in this episode, we're not going to talk about the kind of big life goals we wish everyone had, even though those goals do make life better. What we're going to discuss is how to manage your time so that the chaos that is constantly swirling around all of us doesn't take your most valuable asset away from you, or put more accurately, doesn't spend it in a way that you wouldn't care for. Many people struggle with time management. As it gets more difficult, the more successful you are. And I would also add the less successful you are, it seems like it gets worse too. There's just a sweet spot in the middle where you're kind of okay. In fact, your ability to manage your time can realistically kind of be viewed as an upper bound on how far you're going to get in life. It's that critical to meeting your goals and dreams, as well as being absolutely necessary to living a fulfilling life surrounded by people you care about. And let's make one more thing clear. There is a hustle culture out there. While that culture says things that sound like they should be right, a lot of the premises that you'll hear people talking about basically amount to nothing more than asserting that you should work longer hours and work harder. While there is some merit in putting in hard work, 
simply working harder or working more isn't going to get you what you want to be or where you want to be. Unless your main goal in life is to simply be the donkey that quits last, really this ideology isn't good enough. Real donkeys quit eventually too, by the way. Uh, It's only help for those whose work ethic falters, not for those who need more control of their time. And this often results from their work ethic. In this episode, we're going to talk about some things that you can do to make your schedule and time management more resilient. When we discuss this kind of resilience, we're not talking about making sure that you can get to work on time, although that is obviously important and is part of adulthood, frankly. But we're going to discuss what you can do with your time management so that chaotic events and chaotic people won't stop you from reaching your goals. In the aftercast, we'll discuss differences between the manager's schedule and the maker's schedule and what you can do to protect your makers as a manager so that they can get real deep work done. All right. So the very first one, I'm surprised Will didn't put in all caps because this is something that I uh, I have trouble with. I get good at it and then I have times where I'm not so good at it. That is have Slack in your schedule. Yeah, not the app. Yeah. Yeah. Not the app. <laughs> Follow, uh, like following another car too closely on the highway, piling time commitments close together can often mean that if anything goes wrong with one, then it will impact the others. I don't get the head. Oh, I now I get it. Impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having gaps in your schedule, even small ones, can give you room to adjust between commitments. Yeah, and, and it's not just like putting like we put a little buffer between. Like at the end of meetings where it's like, all right, an hour long meeting is actually 50 minutes. Yeah, we do that too. Just because, hey, sometimes you have multiple people scheduling meetings and you don't have control over it. Like, you know, you have your regular daily stand up and then your manager says, hey, this is when I'm available to do your one on one. And you really can't argue with that. It's usually not a problem. My one on one is like the, uh, the Black Castle. And crawl. It's in a different place every time. <laughs> wow, crawl. I haven't yeah. seen that movie in forever. Oh, I own it. You would. You would. I probably have owned it at one time or another. But yeah, I, I'm really bad about this. And it's not, it doesn't start off this way. What happens is I start off with a full, like a full schedule, but plenty of, of slack in there. And then I optimize a process or two so that I have some more openings. So I'm like, oh, hey, I've optimized this process. So now rather than taking up like two nights of the week, it only takes up one so I can put something in that other night. And then I optimize that process. And it's like, oh, well, it only takes half a night so I can do the other half of the night. And yeah, before long, it's like two or three things every night and I'm full. And there is no slack because I was like, oh, I just slide this in, slide this in. And once you get going, it's hard to to stop like doing more and more stuff, especially when you're ambitious and you have like a massive amount of interests that you're like, I want to do this and this and this and this. And it's like all fun. Well, not like fun things, but it's like, you know, all things you want. Yeah. So speaking of the uh, inverse Pringles can that is Speech's schedule, because, you know, once he pops, he can't stop. You'll also find that having some downtime doesn't actually hurt your productivity as much as you might think that it would. 
work and other commitments tend to expand to fill whatever time that you allow them to fill within reason. So you should consider the slack in your schedule to be just as important as everything else because it keeps those things from growing. Yeah, I purposely schedule a night of not having anything planned except for this week when we're recording an episode on that night because we needed to catch up for being sick, which uh, we we scheduled that before the uh, art show had been rescheduled to this Friday. So yeah, and before I got sick, yeah, too, yeah. which was. So there's a there's a small chance we won't record tomorrow night, but I doubt it. Anyway, sorry. Slack in your schedule should consist of more time than you might spend in transit between two points. You know, uh, preparing for the next thing or taking a bathroom break. These things are required too and will be negatively impacted if your time management strategy for the day goes kind of sideways. You have like an emergency or, you know... Something or like that. I, you know, just going, hey, I've got five minutes, but you know, I'm gonna leave a five minute gap between my meetings so that I can go to the restroom. And you're like, okay, I'll hurry and go there. And oh, hey, they, you know, they're doing maintenance on that bathroom, and you've got to go, you know, to the third floor or whatever. And all of a sudden, now it's it's super stressful when it really didn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. I, it's been so long since I've worked in the office that I forgot about like, you know having to go to a different floor if someone's doing maintenance on one bathroom i just walk down the hall to the other one (laughs) yeah it makes a difference but i mean you and i both know people that are like okay it's gonna take me 10 minutes to get from my house to wherever and they'll leave 10 minutes before they have to be there yeah like consistently or they'll leave eight minutes before they have to be there Mm -hmm. which is usually what it works out to because they forgot their keys and they gotta go all the way back in the house Right. Like that's, that's kind of a consistent thing. That was, you know, we had some people in our circle of friends in college that that was just how they rolled. Yeah. You usually just told them to be there 30 minutes earlier than they needed to be and they'd get there on time. Yeah. But you don't want to be that person because it, it's stressful. It is. You know, and if you're already overloaded to the point where you don't think that you can add slack, then you need to drop some commitments. Uh, they're going to go away anyway when you fail. And it's better to choose which things to drop rather than have random events choose them for you. Because then it might be like, oh, I don't know, your job that you rely on for a mortgage. Yeah. I know my standard mode of operation was to pile on, pile on, pile on until I had way too much stuff to do. I would work myself sick and then I'd get sick and have to stop everything. Yeah. And then like reset. Yeah. And there's something to be said for having enough wiggle room where you can still maneuver around. I, I kind of tend to look at my commitments as almost like, and this is going to sound like the most nerdy way to look at it as almost like Docker stacks. And it's like, you get this many resources and you don't get to exceed them Mm -hmm. period. And I'm going to leave overhead for, you know, other things that are not planned there. And, you know, like I'm just, I kind of almost containerize my time. That's that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I'm in the process of cutting back on uh, on some things because it's not yet, but I do have some more responsibility coming down the pike. And so some really cool things coming up, but I'm looking at it going, all right, I've got to step back from a lot of stuff. So uh, the next one is to use time blocking to control pathological tasks. So this kind of fits in with the whole, you know, containerizing of things. Mm -hmm. 
if you have a list of priorities, you'll notice a phenomenon where certain priorities seem to constantly have issues that take time away from everything else. A good example of this is a bad job situation that takes time away from your family or, you know, where you, you constantly are having to work late to handle emergencies or, you know, you're getting calls when you're trying to do something else or, or you're just so stressed out when you get home that you can't focus. Assuming relatively equal priorities among goals, you need to aggressively time box goals that show a tendency to overflow their boundaries. This doesn't mean that all work towards a goal has to be time boxed, but rather than goals that repeatedly cause problems for everything. So, you know, typically what I do is I have like chunks of time that's like, this is when I work on podcast stuff. This is mm-hmm. when I work on Russian. That's why I was able to like double up on that homework was, well, it was sitting there and it's like, well, I've got time. Yeah. Um, now I kind of s- stole some time from elsewhere <laughs> for the second half of that. But, you know, I just, I have the time kind of blocked and say, okay, that is for this thing. And it, it definitely, it makes it a lot easier to prioritize. The other interesting thing to note is that when you time box a troublesome goal, the time restriction often forces clarification on that goal. This occurs even if you don't have other people involved. So like, you know, if, if something's open-ended, you know, you can gold plate it, right? Like we do this in software all the time. Like we will gold plate that turd like nobody's business. But if I've got a day to finish something, it's going to be working. Yeah. And then I'll gold plate it to the degree that is necessary within the time constraint. You know, it'll, it'll expand to fill the time constraint that I put on it. Yeah. Now, if uh, the task does involve other people who have poor boundaries, especially if they don't respect your time, putting hard limits on it will also make it more likely that they respect your time or that they eat the consequences if they don't. Either way is really acceptable. I got I have a lot of respect for my friends who work at the church. They are their sisters and like one's the worship director and one's a creative director and they are really good about time boxing. It's like, all right, this is the time that we have for this. We're going to we're going to start now, we're going to end here on like things that they do, but also like both being very creative, they understand, okay, if we're doing a creative thing, it's it may not fit in that box. So it's they have that leeway. But also sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, I am not going to do that. They're really good at saying no. I try to hang out with them so that I can pick up on that habit. I'm not very good at saying no. I'm really good at <laughs> saying yes, though. I'm very, very good at saying yes. So now, guys, the next one is to discover and protect your best work time. This is absolutely important. I mean, you probably have some idea of whether you're a morning person or a night owl. Might be wrong, though. It's really surprising how many night owls are night owls only because they oversleep and how many people are early birds only with the help of lots of coffee. Yeah, which is me later in the mornings. So like I, you know, we we had that uh, episode about, you know, sleep schedules and it's Mm -hmm. it's more complicated than night owl and early bird. But um, if, if you don't have a handle on this, you don't know when your best work time really is. And really what you need to do is actually test this out. And so you can't say, I'm not an early bird if you're staying up till two in the morning. You know, yeah. Like, because you, you cannot physically be awake and functional multiple days in a row 
like that and still be healthy most of the time. Most people can't. What you really need to look at is like, where do you have your energy? So like when you first get up, like for me, I, I am not an early bird because when I get up, I'm groggy and I, it takes me a while to get going. But once I'm going, I'm like a diesel engine. I can just keep going. Yeah. So loud. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wasn't going to go there. But, we were roommates. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, is once you know your best work time, you know, then you can actually protect it. And sometimes that means blocking off some time for actual productive work before other people can intervene. That might mean fixing your, you know, sleep slash work slash life schedule to accommodate that finding. Or it might simply mean doing a better job of planning your tasks. You know, the deal here is you want to make sure that your most effective time is not squandered on inconsequential tasks or wasted. Now, this doesn't mean that you ignore inconsequential tasks, although it's really nice if you can on occasion. They're they're nice for when you just like when you're not at your peak. What you want to do is make sure they happen effectively during time where they can fit in rather than at your good time. Like for example, I'll just give you guys my uh I have a bit of a roller coaster of a day, really. Like I, I wake up and I'm not I, I wake up in a fog basically. I'm I'm kind of groggy and stuff and I get up move around a little bit, make coffee, that sort of thing. I'm really good during 21 days of, of prayer, though, because I get up early every morning and go be social, which as an extrovert, that gives me energy. So like, or when I had my, my friends staying with me from Virginia, like getting up and having someone else in the house to talk to, I was more energetic just because I was around people. But that's side point. But like usually about an hour or so after I get up, that's when I kind of start to hit a peak. And that's a very like a very effective work time, you know, is probably about an hour to two hours after I hit, I start hitting this peak and I'll I'll be there for several hours and then I'll sort of sort of come down. That's why I like to go to the gym on my lunch break because that re-energizes me. And then I'll get a second peak uh, a little later in the afternoon, come back down around, you know, four or five, and then I'll get another peak around eight or nine. It's like just yeah. up and down. Yeah, I mean it is a energy level and you know, blood sugar level and, you know, frankly, just wear and tear, I think <laughs> does that to you too. But you know, when those times are, you can actually protect them. You should also make sure that you don't spend all of your most effective time on your day job. You need to keep some for yourself and pursue goals that are outside of work. Um, because we all know our jobs are not permanent, right? Like that's, you know, you're not going to work there until you're 65 and, you know, they give you a gold watch and you retire. You're going to work there until some vulture capital company takes over and ruins the place. So towards that end, have something else and be working on it at, during at least some of that time. No. Next, firewall the unfocused. Inevitably, as you get better control over your time, other less focused people will start trying to demand more of it. Don't look down on these people. That's, you know, you were there. I've been there, you know. Uh, I, I kind of like skirt that every now and then where where I have uh, less uh, less focus or actually just it's not so much less focus. I have too much focus where I just pile on more and more stuff. But yeah, the lack of focus is contagious in that it destroys the focus of others and you have to protect yours against that. A lot of people who have really poor control over their own schedule will insist that you hold your schedule open to accommodate them. And this is a really bad idea. I had this happen to me over Christmas break. We had 
obviously you have your family Christmas celebrations, right? And we had some people that were like, well, we're going to do Christmas some night this week, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm like, no, you're going to do it on a night this week. And you need to tell me what that is. Like, you don't get to say, oh, don't do anything else this week because we're going to have Christmas one random night. And kind of went back and forth. It's like, all right, I'm scheduling things very soon and I won't be there if this isn't handled. Because, you know, like, and the thing is, is the other people were mostly, you know, they're out on break during this time. They're not having to really, you know, they don't have other stuff going on. They don't have a podcast. They're not learning another language. They don't have, you know, their other commitments. And I do. And it's like, I'm not going to toss those because somebody wants to ad lib their schedule. Yeah. Besides that, once you got a kid, that's like, that just doesn't work. You know, you can't, you can't get away with that. Mm -hmm. This also, uh, extends to open-ended, unstructured meetings. A useful meeting has an itinerary, a list of attendees that is as limited as possible, and a definite start and end built around how long people can realistically focus on the task at hand. A waste of time is a meeting that doesn't meet one or more of those criteria. I would put the caveat of like a help desk call or something like that might be a bit more open-ended. I mean, you're still going to have specific attendees and sort of an itinerary, but you may not have a specific end time because it may be, we got to figure out what it is depending on the priority. Well, I mean, to some degree you do have an end time, right? It's the end of the day you go home. Well, you don't stay two hours late working on that unless there's a real good reason, if that makes sense. I, I would typically say if a meeting does not have these characteristics, I decline unless it's somebody above me in the chain, you know, as far as management, like anybody else, like you're, you're going to have to do the time to, to get this thing where it's not a waste of my time. The only yeah. time I would make an exception to that is when I know that I can go to this meeting and I can get a bunch out of it because I'm going to be asking a bunch of questions and, you know, like mm-hmm. it's going to be all about me. Yeah. If you invite me to an open-ended meeting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I'm I'm here in an extractive capacity if you do not respect my time because I have to make up the difference. And as as you guys can tell from what Will just said, your emotions can also play a role here. You want to be nice, but if you have a lot of stuff or a lot of or a few big things to get done, you need to be much more stringent about what you get done. The answer to most things should distill down to whether it is an absolute yes or no, with no being the default. Yeah, the way I put it is it's either hell yes or no, and it's always no first. Yeah. Yeah. You have to convince it to be the other. Yeah, emphatic yes is how I would put it, but, uh, you know. I think that's emphatic. Oh, well, yeah. It's just, you know, language differences. Anyway... No, my my problem is my default is I want to say yes, especially because typically when I'm asked to do something, it's something I want to do anyway, or something I'm good at, and I'm like, oh, I've got like 20 ideas for how to make like how to do this, and I have to say no. I've had to say no to a lot of stuff recently because I said yes to one big, very big thing that uh, is really cool coming down the line. I'm very excited about. I'll tell you guys when when I it, it's official, but. Yeah. So the next thing that you need to make sure and do is to take regular duty-free breaks. In addition to your slack time, you need to prioritize having a deloading phase. Um, And I got this 
word from Tim Ferriss and he got it from weightlifting. But it's just a cooler way of saying actually take some downtime, take a real break. It can be really tempting to work through breaks to get more done, but this is actually less productive over the long term. Try to retain composure and not be a 12-year-old. All I'm saying, you guys can figure out what I mean. Yep. By duty free, we mean that <laughs> breaks. <laughs> See, yeah, you were there. Uh, we mean that breaks are actual breaks. Not eating lunch at your desk or taking your laptop on vacation. Not that I'm doing that next week or anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it, well, I mean, it's just down to visit visit family. Like it's the same thing I would do if they were up here. Is I would work during the day and then hang out with them in the evening because well down there they're going to be like in school or at work themselves. So well, and it's not really a vacation for you. It's working it's in a different place. Yeah, it's it's some stuff really happening after hours. Yeah, but what this means is full on not working vacations. So I do have some of those coming up too, like where I actually take vacation days. But yeah, and <laughs> I don't know. Well, would you count going to the gym as a, an actual break? Uh, it's mixed, you know, because the idea is to get a separation between work and everything else. But gym is part of everything else unless you're a professional bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I actually like I have gotten to the point now where I really enjoy it. I like if I am busy and I miss going to the gym, like I feel like icky is the best way to put it. I don't know, like the technical term for it. It just feels weird. Yeah. And so, like, I, I look forward to it. Or, like, Mondays, I get to go help out with some stuff at the church. And, yeah, I'm there, like, actually working, but I'm working with my friends and hanging out and goofing off for, like, 30 minutes. So, it's fun and relaxing for me. Breaks should also be regular. That is, you should know they're coming, and they should come at fairly predictable times. Breaks really lose most of their value when they're a surprise every time they happen. I don't know if you, you've probably worked in some jobs like that. I would imagine hospital jobs kind of have those characteristics. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll get an hour break today. Maybe I won't get a break until after dark, you know, especially on a full moon. (laughs) Don't know if I've ever gotten an hour break working at a hospital. Um, Well, like an hour break for lunch, for instance, or knowing that, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to have lunch at this time. uh, Maybe when I worked in the admissions office. Yeah. That was that that was like you might have two hours where you're sitting there just waiting on someone to come in and answering phones, and then the next six hours you've got two or three patients at a time. It's just yeah. sort of like you know this is something I had to push back on at my current job because we had some you know they're in a different time zone, and so we have some people who love to schedule meetings and stuff you know during. They're, you know, the lunchtime basically for up there, but because of the other meeting schedule in the afternoon, it basically meant that I didn't get to eat lunch. I didn't have a duty-free lunch. And finally, I just blocked it off and I declined all meetings during that time because it was getting to where I just dreaded going to work because I don't, it's like, I don't know when I'm going to eat. So if I'm hungry, it's like, okay, do I get a snack or am I going to be able to go eat in a minute? Well, I don't know. Yeah. And it really, it ruins the quality of your decisions. I, I worked at, at a place uh, a while back where I had to block off my lunch and then I had to block off development time because um, like the the uh, the product owner and the scrum master would just be like, 
randomly schedule meetings and be like, oh, well, we just wanted to ask you this question about something. I'm like, that could have waited till, you know, our stand up tomorrow. Or that could have waited till later. You interrupted me right in the middle of development. And like, this isn't, this isn't like easy going in and like, you know, putting in like words and stuff, like changing little things. It's like, I'm like deep in thought. You pull me out of it and I'm not going to be able to get back into it before the end of the workday. Yeah. Or I'm going to get back into it and it's going to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the thing that usually burns me is I have half the state I need or three quarters of it. And ooh. Now, regular disconnected breaks will also show you where you are irreplaceable. Those are the places where you need to make yourself replaceable. Not only for your own sanity, but simply because you can't always be there. One of the things that I, I have talked to people about because you have some older people who, uh, I don't mean like physically older that like they don't have to be that much older. They're just like old school mentality. Oh, I need to make myself irreplaceable and like little fiefdoms. And you see that, especially in larger organizations, like big companies, uh, governments, things like that. You see that a lot where people are just like, you know, oh, I've got to like protect my little fiefdom. Cause if, if I train someone else how to do this, or if I share my scripts with someone else, then they can just replace me. And the thing is, if you're irreplaceable, you can't get promoted. Right. Well, and they're sitting there trying to figure out how to replace you, which probably yeah. means getting rid of you versus moving you right. to a better place. Yeah. Taking real breaks will force people who depend on you too much to come up with a better strategy for their own dependence. Like you will quit hamstringing. That's really important when you're in charge of a team too, by the way. So speaking of things that are important. Yeah, the the next one, cue and batch your work. Context switching kills productivity and schedule stability. You'll lose an insane amount of time and focus to context switching. Therefore, you should try to do it as little as possible. That's what I was talking about earlier with the being pulled into meetings right in the middle of my development time. However, that doesn't mean that you can let critical tasks fall by the wayside. You need to have a way to keep track of them and prioritize them for the time when you sit down to work on them. Uh, so what I did in that situation was I blocked off development time on my schedule, but I left openings in my schedule for meetings. So they could schedule meetings like when I had those openings, those were, hey, I am planning on being available for meetings during these times. And at, like they scheduled one during one of my development times and I declined it. They went to my boss and complained about me. And uh, he said, nope, that's exactly what I told him to do. You're not allowed to schedule like all of his time. He's a developer, not, you know, not a product owner, not a scrum master. He's a developer. so." You know, when he has openings, you're allowed to schedule. Otherwise, you go through me. If it's if it's that important that you have to schedule during his development time, you come to me. That kind of stopped it. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, when you queue up your work, it also has other benefits. Uh, at least some work actually goes away before you get around to it. Yeah. Um, or it'll change. And queuing keeps you from doing work that you'll toss aside later and helps reduce the frequency of rework just by putting a little bit of a time buffer in there. Oh yeah. That is that is absolutely true. I mean I have I mean that's why we have like backlogs and 
we use sort of a we're we're doing Kanban, so we have like that that backlog with the queued work, and you know I grab a task, and I'm not going to be grabbing the very next task when I get done most of the time, unless it's a really small task, because there's three of us on this team who are developers, and so like yeah, it, it makes sense. But also within my own stuff, like I'll uh, I'll line stuff up, and you're right. Sometimes and priorities change too. Yeah, batching work also helps with your efficiency. Nearly all important, but not time critical work has to at least have some time dedicated to setup and teardown. If multiple similar tasks are worked on together, you can optimize and reduce this time input. Like, for example, we record the aftercast right after we record the podcast because all the stuff is still set up. And yeah. we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we used to do record like two episodes a night sometimes back in the old days before we had the aftercast. And uh, can't really do that now. We kind of run out of time with the with this and the aftercast. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it really does help. We did find that more than three episodes at a time and we get a little... Uh, well, more than three creepy. episodes and... Significant alcohol. <laughs> doesn't, uh, oh, that's doesn't right. I forget about well. all the alcohol. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> hey, man, it's been like what a been over year, a year and a, you, so. a year and a quarter almost for me since I've I've drank. So yeah, been a been a hot minute. Yeah, queuing and batching also does another thing for you. It changes most of your work to be responsive and planned rather than unplanned and reactive. This tends to help with your focus, but it also keeps the chaos of the world, in other words, other people's poor scheduling, out of your space. Speaking of keeping things out of your space, the next important point is to actually put maintenance tasks on a schedule. You probably have a lot of tasks that need to recur on a regular basis. You know, it's everything from haircuts to changing smoke alarm, you know, or even things like reevaluating your homeowner's insurance. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you need to do every so often to avoid nasty surprises completely wrecking everything. Obviously, a dead smoke alarm battery could be worse than that. Of course, if it's combined with not having your homeowner's insurance evaluated, it's doubly bad. So you kind of want to, yeah. like, there's just stuff that you have to sort out on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I personally use my digital personal assistant to remind me of things like that. I'm not going to say her full name, but let's just say that uh, I asked Lexi. To uh, <laughs> to remind me, she she actually reminded me today to uh, to change the uh, the air filter. I have all that in to doist with yeah. regular maintenance tasks for all the stuff in the mm-hmm. house because yeah, I don't want to think about that crap. Yeah, it's like okay, that's on the that's on the thing for today, and I'll go do it. You know, I've got like a chunk of time that's like here's for random junk that I got to <laughs> do. Yeah, you know, I go go handle it. But if you if you do structure things this way, it's it's just a lot easier because you don't want to be sitting there going, oh man, when was the last time I changed my oil? Although that one's a little bit precarious because it's based on mileage. So you kind of have to think about that a little bit. You know, having reminders of important recurring tasks in your calendar or you know, on your your device, whether it be Google or Amazon based or in your Todoist app, however you have it, will make it easier to avoid forgetting them without you having to try to keep them in mind. Like I used to have during the summer months, I had a reminder every night at 5 p.m. to go water the ferns 
which because they because they need it. Yeah, and so, and besides reducing the risk and expense of sudden problems ruining your day, scheduling such tasks means that you can handle them at a more leisurely pace. Right, you're not reacting to them. It's like, oh yeah, I need to do X this week because that's on the list. It showed up today, but. You know, like your air conditioning system isn't going to catch on fire tomorrow because you forgot to change the filter today and you changed it tomorrow. That's true. Unless now, like you, you only have it like every five years or something. And then, you know, realistically, you're already toast anyway. Yeah. Now You, you should be changing that monthly, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, it's monthly or bi-monthly. I'm trying to remember what mine was. I actually talked to the air conditioner guy and mm. got a maintenance schedule for all this stuff. No. Yeah. Which was because otherwise I was going to have to look it all up. And I'm like, you fix all these things. Just tell me when these need to get done. Yeah. Mine is monthly. So I feel like it is something like that. But, you know, the thing is, is I don't have to know now. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. don't have to care. And guess what? I, I do not care in a very violent manner. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah. Maintenance tasks shouldn't only include the equipment, but they can include things like, you know, your physical checkups, your payment of taxes, getting a haircut, those kind of things. Like I actually have that on my schedule for very, very soon. You know, remember the idea is to put this stuff on a calendar so that you don't have to suddenly rework your schedule to accommodate something that is kind of low priority, but has a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, prioritize. A lot of people think they can go through life without prioritizing. And determining what their values are. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you will know that that is not us. And that this that premise is false. If you don't prioritize the things you care about and values that you hold, then someone else is going to do it for you and it's going to be based on what they want. Right. And by the way, you're disposable when that happens. <laughs> uh, that's... The other uh, awkward bit, it's not like they're going to like you more because you let them do that. They just aren't going to respect you at all. But when you prioritize your goals and the tasks that are required to achieve them, it also helps you when a major disruption to your schedule actually occurs. When you're already stressed out and overloaded, you almost certainly do a terrible job of determining which things are important and which things can be allowed to slide. And you'll honestly likely prioritize based on how much stress those things cause versus what value they're they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Now, if you do have your prioritizations figured out, it also makes it easier to avoid things that are incongruent with those priorities. You know, it's easy to overdo it on one of your priorities or worse, on someone else's because you don't have an alternative task that is more important. Right. And that's one of the things that really helps with this podcast, right? Is I don't overwork as much because hey i've got other i've got other responsibilities after work i can't stay till seven o'clock on a tuesday night because we're recording you know starting at 5 15 i've, I've got to be done i got to be out of there um, i have to use the time well and then you know stop it and that's that allows me to say that this is my priority not work past a certain point and having really clear priorities can also help you avoid becoming busy for the sake of being busy. Uh, one really common anti-pattern of productive people is the feeling that they always need to be doing something. And then they sign up for too much work and everything else falls apart. 
And now, by the way, this can also mean that they just don't work efficiently, which is actually probably the more common one. When you have clear priorities, you can typically avoid this because it helps you realize that saying yes to something that isn't a priority is equivalent to saying no to something that is. Yeah, and that's that's something that I I have to remember is, you know, a, le- a yes to one thing is a no to something else. Yeah. And I'm getting better at my problem is I don't like saying no to people. Right. And so I'll sacrifice the things that I want to do to say yes to people who ask me to do things, especially if it's like something that I like is a lower priority, but still a priority. Right. You know, when I should yeah, say your mid-level no. priorities get you worse than anything else. Yeah. Because they just, they stack up. They stack up. So guys, time is your most valuable asset. You cannot make more of it. And you probably don't want to spend every waking hour on this earth working Uh, especially when it's not towards a goal that you actually want. Instead, you want to use whatever time is given to you for the right things. These, you know, can include having the kind of family bonding and interpersonal relationships that are impossible if all you do is hustle. Further, if your time is poorly managed in one area, that will tend to bleed out into everything else. As a result, you need to take action to make sure that your management of your own time and attention is resilient to the chaos in the world and responsive to your own goals. Leave the insane hustling to other people. You want to use your time well rather than always trying to do more. We don't all have to be 25-year-old life coaches. That pretty much wraps us up. Beach, what do you have this week for us for Tricks of the Trade? So guys, sometimes things fall into place where you just have a lot going on at one time. This, uh, This weekend happened to be that way for me because I was originally planning on going to visit my sister uh, the week after my birthday, but I was sick that week. The concert was already scheduled, but then the art show got postponed because the church needed to be used for a funeral, which nobody could control that. And so it was our pastor's father who who passed away. So like gets priority over an art show. Yeah. As it should get priority. Yeah. Over you can only, show. you can only control the timing of funerals in one direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, it all just sort of happened to fall on the same weekend. And so that happens. And as such, Will's going to be writing the episode that we're going to record the week after that because, you know, I'm going to be busy this weekend. Surprise. No, I'm just kidding. He already knew that. What I want to talk about right now, though, is your attitude when that happens. Your attitude influences how effective you are during these times. And he means you, know, you in general, not me in particular. Well, his attitude affects you too. No, I'm just kidding. If you allow yourself to get frustrated and overwhelmed, then you will lose focus and you will not be able to apply the techniques that we discussed earlier in this episode. However, if you take on an attitude that, you know what, it's stressful, but there is enough time and I'm going to to get this done even if I have to, you know, I'm going to get through this particular season or this particular weekend or whatever, meaning I may have to sacrifice some downtime temporarily, but I'm going to do it. If you have this this attitude, you'll be surprised at your ability to accomplish things. Now, that said, my problem is I have that attitude and I'm surprised by my ability to accomplish things. So I think, oh, well, I can do this all the time. No. Yeah. You have that attitude when you sign up for things. That's your problem. Yeah, that is that is a problem. You need to be the cantankerous old man when you sign up. That'll, <laughs> that'll help you a lot. That's yeah. why that's my default. I chose 
the cranky old man life. It didn't choose me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm like more like the hyper young person life. Yeah. No matter how old I get, I, I think the older I get, the more hyper I get. I don't know. Well, you can tell. Well, there's less of you than there was a year ago. That is physically true. Yes. Quite a bit less. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Your attitude really does have an effect. And it's going to allow you to accomplish things. And if you don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed or victimized by your schedule, you will be surprised at how you can get through those times when things just sort of all pile up. That's pretty much all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at Complete Dev Pod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.